Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Brown Pod. My name's Tabassum and my name is Tasneem. And today we're going to be talking about rishthas, breaking them down, talking about what they are and also talking about Tasneem's tweet that made her famous. I mean, I wouldn't say it made me famous, but I guess it got more attention than I expected it to get, to be fair. Um, We're no longer tweeting into the void. <laughs> exactly, pretty much. So I guess let's start talking about what a rishta is for like people who don't actually know. It's a really like South Asian term. I don't even think they use the word rishta in Bangladesh. But what do they call it in Bangladesh? Do you know? My um, language skills are a bit awful. <laughs> um, I think they say prostha. I see. Okay. I think you have a bit more experience here than I do, so you might want to explain what it is. Yeah. So, Rishta technically pretty much translates to relationship. And um, it's, it's pretty much, it's basically the word that we use to describe any kind of marriage proposals that come in mm-hmm. from the community. And how it works in the South Asian community is friends of friends, you know, they will just know that there are uh, young girls and boys who are of marriageable age, pretty much. And they're just like, okay, you know, we have a duty to set them up together. (laughs) And they'll like call each other up and be like, okay, so I have a son, he does this, etc. How would it it be very nice if he could get married to your daughter? And um, the other thing that it, that I find quite hilarious, and actually we were talking about this the other day, is there's yeah. this whole like CV performer thing that you have to make for... Called the bio data, which I find hilarious. It's so funny. And I think everyone who is South Asian and has been into the arranged marriage scene, either by choice or literally their parents have gone behind their back to do this. Yeah. Um, literally, it's like the most embarrassing piece of document <laughs> that you will probably ever see and it's pretty much a cv it tells it tells everyone who's reading it what your name is your height your age your your education levels your work experience I'm even i'm surprised word haven't made a template for that yet i know they should they should they totally should and they also what i find the funniest yeah. and um they you have to say what your parents do you have to say what your grandparents do as well so you you will literally say that you know my grandfather was a doctor yeah. or an engineer and they also also mention the village of the village back home of that every single person yeah. they're related to their entire generation's village names and i, I, I think the it. first time we saw it we got so like not even annoyed we were just astounded we it were just like there's man. no paragraph <laughs> telling me what your hobbies are what your interests nope. are the things you like doing nope. no it's what you what degree you have what your salary is yeah and what your parents grandparents aunts and uncles sisters siblings, siblings do like all of you're that. not marrying your great granddad <laughs> his great granddad you're marrying him literally the information you actually find out about him is minimal. very little, very, very little. From all of the rishtas that I've gotten so far, I have not read a bio data yet that says 
oh, okay, well, in my free time, I really like to read yeah. and I really like to listen to music. And also, in a life partner, I'm looking for someone who is da 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 da. There's yeah. nothing that states that. So, actually, the real thing, you don't know anything about their personality, nothing about what they expect. All they want, all they tell you is just like superficial stuff about them. And they give like the most cringiest photo as well in the bio data yeah. um, that you have, you're supposed to look and then decide if you have fallen in love with this man or woman, essentially. Yeah. And that's when you make, take things forward. And I guess that tells you a lot about how our society, mm-hmm. uh, what our society's values and priorities yep. are. They don't yep. really care about what the person is like no. as an individual. They value more the amount of money you're earning. Yeah. What people will say when yes. they see what you are. Your societal as. standing is exactly. so important. Your class exactly. is so, so important. And that's what the point is of telling everyone, you know, what your what your yeah. parents do, what your grandparents have done on both sides. Yeah. Um, and it's just to see, okay, well, if you have a whole generation of doctors, engineers, and everything that is um, really, really highly kind of valued in our culture um then oh wow you know they're from a, from a mm-hmm. very high social standing that's what they really care about um and the other thing i was going to say um about biodatas is okay i've completely forgotten what i was going to say you go first. <laughs> no i was just going to say just it's just crazy to think that generations after generations they've all just been working on the phrase what will people yeah. say yeah yeah and you know, I'm not sure why, but I, I, I just don't understand how none of these ancestors that we have haven't stopped to think. Yeah. Why? What is the yeah. point of thinking yeah. about what auntie yeah. next door is going to say? Yeah. It's just so fruitless. I agree. And I think the other thing, um, so I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, it, it's more about like, um, you know how in our culture, they're just like, what is love? Love isn't real. I'm not yeah. saying that this is everybody. Mm-hmm. I know I, I've seen people in the older generations with, uh, love marriages yeah. and everything and they really do understand the value of having two personalities that really do click together before mm-hmm. they get married but often you know the phrase that is kind of used that you know love doesn't happen before marriage it yeah. should happen after marriage so their idea is that you just put people together and you know it's going to be awkward af for mm. the first <laughs> few yeah. months or years even and then you just fall in love and by falling in love yeah i think there is a percentage of people who will fall in love and yeah. it will be very successful just because they were lucky enough to have that much but for a percentage of people that won't happen and they will mistaken just getting used to each other yeah. like you know whenever even if you get like a random stranger off the road and you live with them for 30 years you're going to have some kind of and you know, you know an compassion empathetic for compassion them. exactly for them. and i think that's what our you know the older generation mistake for love mm. and they think well that's that's all i need that's the comfort i need and you know what that i mean that's not so much as a problem because you know that's what they're used to their idea of love is different to what our generations is now for yeah. them it's compassion and understanding and um doing you know going above and beyond for the person that you're married to but now our expectations have changed yeah and because they have changed society should adapt with that yeah but i think society is slightly struggling yeah yeah that's pretty much you know in a nutshell the whole issue with rishthas and stuff but i think 
on the plus side, I think it's a really, really great way to try yeah, and meet people. For sure. Especially because in, you know, something that I hope that we can talk about in the future as well, you know, our culture is very against interracial marriages. And um, so they want you to marry to someone who is within the same ethnicity yeah. as you and the same background as you. Um, so that's why having this whole Rishta system in- ensures that you know all of the kinds of yeah. people from the same backgrounds or similar backgrounds to you in your community or in mm-hmm. your local area, and that that is very useful. Also, it's useful for people who really don't can't find anyone of their own accord, and they want their parents' help. Um, and I think one thing that obviously has changed is it, it has a little bit more autonomy than it has had in the past. Yeah. So you know there has sure. been a huge shift from lots of forced marriages and arranged marriages, mm-hmm. whereas now it's more. Just arranged marriages, and obviously there I is mean, still I, the I minority of forced. Instead of arranged, it's like a guided marriage. Almost. Yeah, like yeah. a marriage that occurs with your parents' input, and I think that's another positive of it. I think we were talking about that before. Yeah, uh, the fact that if you have strong family values um, and you want your parents' input, it's just a very natural way. Yeah. Uh, to let that happen. Yeah, and yeah. The, 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 there doesn't have to be that kind of uh, really big. Um, you know, when am I going to meet your parents? Time? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get on to what everybody's pressing to hear about <laughs> your tweet. What was the tweet about? What did you write? Okay, so a few days ago, I think it's been weeks now, my, my idea of time is a bit skewed. Yeah. But um, um, I basically tweeted about how um, we got a rishta, so mum received a rishta from someone in the community. And um, this the the you know, to be the prospective groom essentially uh-huh. was a surgical trainee and his mum gave mum a call and said, Well, um, you know, I, I, I really would like um, you know, to suggest a proposal for your daughter. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is I know she's in her final year of medical school, I really want her to become a GP because yeah. it just means because my son is gonna be a surgeon, I would rather have uh, you know, a daughter in law who can make more time for yeah. Uh, family so um mom got so offended when she heard that and she was like rightfully so she was like uh, well i think my daughter can be whatever she wants to be and essentially she ended up turning down that woman's proposal just to clarify i mean obviously i'm your sister and i know everything that went on and i completely agree with you just to clarify some people might be sitting there thinking but what's wrong with being a GP? So could you please explain yeah, of course. what the issue was? Of course. So I definitely want to make it clear that there is nothing wrong at all with becoming a GP. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's an it's a hugely respectable job and a career. I think the issue that we were having was the fact that with all of the hard work I've put into my medical degree, my parents have put in so much effort and money and you know their blood, sweat and tears basically into getting me educated, getting us educated. It just does not make sense for a third party to come to us and tell us what to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think anyone else has the right to put their foot in and say what they want to be. And I think, you know what, if this was, if I were a boy and a woman uh, and a girl's, you know, mother was calling up, they wouldn't have the audacity or they wouldn't think they have the place to tell me as a as a man what to become. Yeah. I think it's because girls in our society are just seen as the second, um, you know, as second citizens. Yes, it doesn't happen. It's it's normalized yeah. to ask a girl to make the compromises yeah. in the marriage, yeah. and it's not at all the norm to request no. a man to change something about himself. Oh no, or God his forbid. family for an arranged marriage. You know, it's, and it's not I even think that's... seen. 
unprecedented. Right. Yeah. I would love to, you know, if you guys have any stories of any, you know, as a as a boy, if you're sitting there, you know, listening to this and you're like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. I've had to make so many compromises for my own marriage. Or I know how I know people in my family as a as a man who's had to make career changes before even getting married just so it can please a girl. Yeah. Please do share your stories with us because you know we've had our own experiences, but we would love to hear about what everybody else's experiences are. But in our experience so far, yeah. and from my friends' stories and family stories, I've never heard of any situation like this. It's always a girl who has to make the yeah. compromise. Anyways, back to the tweet. So I tweeted that, and I had no idea it was going to gain that much attention Mm -hmm. so within you know hours it I think it ended up getting 1.7k likes on Twitter and it had like a few hundred thousand views and reach like if you see the Mm -hmm. impression so it, it reached a wide audience and if you have a look at the tweet underneath, there are comments of people who said that this echoed with them completely yeah. because they had very similar experiences as women uh, in the past. But now, you know, I, I heard a few stories which were really nice because they have had, you know, since they've met someone who is a lot more understanding yeah. and respects their wishes and they're now happily married with that That's person. That's great. Which is lovely to hear and so much more, you know, promising yeah, for the for future. Sure. So that was really nice. And because it gained a lot of attention, I ended up being approached by someone who works for the BBC uh-huh. and BBC Asian Network. And she said that she was already making some kind of um, film, a little short film about what the arranged marriage and dating scene is like in mm-hmm. the South Asian community. And she asked if I would be happy to help her and I was like yeah of course because it's such an important issue that I'm passionate about of Mm -hmm. course I would love to you know uh, speak up about this yeah Um, and so that's where it started Um, and you know I it, you know, they came over, they, you know, they recorded, um, made a film, they also interviewed my mum as well to see her viewpoints. Um, and yeah, they made, um, they also invited me to talk on a radio BBC, show, right? yeah, yeah, on BBC Asian Network, um, on the big debate, which you guys can catch up on BBC Sounds. Um, and it's from one hour 45 minutes onwards, where I basically was part of a discussion. Mm-hmm. An interesting uh, and heated It was one. quite heated, yeah. yeah. So I was one of the participants. There was also um, a matchmaker um, from the South Asian community yeah. here who was present on the show and another uh, another young man, essentially, who is, you know, part of our, my generation. Yeah. And so it was just a topic about, you know, is it difficult? Is it more difficult for mm-hmm. women on the arranged marriage scene? And the matchmaker and myself, obviously, through our experiences, we decided that, yeah. yes, it is a lot harder for women. And the other guy had very different, very um, differing views, basically, and said, actually, it's harder for men. So, And for any men listening to this, we just want to say that we're not trying to negate any of the yeah, struggles that you feel. Not at all. Women having struggles does not mean that men do not also have yeah, them. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's never, it's never black or white. Yeah, I think course. it's just comparatively... Mm. generally um it's harder for women and there are such huge expectations that they have for women um and you know after that whole thing happened and this whole debate sparked and we've you know kind of been thinking about this for a few days now and actually we've always been thinking about it to be honest for a really long time and the thing is these conversations are always happening behind closed doors i don't hear other people in my circle talking about this yeah. because all of it's so normalized yeah so it's so so important that you start talking about it yeah. and you know just with your parents with your family members just 
talk about how things need to change and you know going back to that tweet where the mum asked you to become a gp or demanded even that's not the only issue women no. face in arranged marriage can you no. tell us a bit about what other struggles that they might face so it's really upsetting especially when i realized the extent to which this happens but as a woman not only do you need to be you know, educated, you need to be well-educated, you need to have a good career as well, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. You need to come from a very good social standing where your parents, your whole generation has had... <laughs> the entire family. You know, they're all from the family ancestry. of doctors and engineers. <laughs> your siblings are all yeah. well-married off. No kind of rumours or kind of... No divorces, yeah. God forbid. No, uh, no children as well prior mm-hmm. to marriage. Um, and... As well as all of that, you have to have a huge range of hobbies or talents or something, something to show. This is a bit like going back to the, like the Renaissance, Renaissance women yeah. back in the day, For where sure. women had to learn extra languages mm. and needed to learn how to play the piano. Same, yeah, literally. <laughs> it's, it's so the, the thing is, we are in the South Asian, South Asian culture. We are still stuck back in, in the pride ages. and prejudice. Exactly. And um, you've got to be that kind of a woman, but it doesn't end there. Because I feel like we tick all of those boxes anyway. Yeah. Because Not because we did it to get married, but because we wanted the best for ourselves. Yeah. On top of that, they want the woman to essentially look like a supermodel. So they need to be like a size zero or, or is it slim thick type yeah. body that everyone's seeing on Instagram nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be um, also someone who, I think in our South Asian culture, there's a lot of colorism. Yeah. So um, sure. if you're a darker brown shade of skin, Oh my goodness, you oh have no gosh, chance of finding a man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think especially, I don't know how much it's um, kind of applicable to non-Muslim communities, but I guess, you know, I think it's probably very similar. But they expect mm. you to be very modest and they expect you to be a virgin. And modest, I think submissive and a virgin. a virgin. Yeah. And I think also in terms of our character, we must be very softly spoken. Yeah. Not speak too much. I think everyone who's watched um, the Indian, is it Indian matchmaking? Yes. On Netflix. I, I told, I basically banned myself from watching the show Same. because... I know I would get so triggered. So angry. Especially get angry on the daily anyway. There's I no know. point in I know. putting ourselves through I know. that. So I was like, I'm not going to subject myself to this because I will literally break my laptop as I'm watching it. But <laughs> the stuff imagine. I've heard about Auntie Seema or whatever, the matchmaker, oh is insane. And actually, the things I've heard about the stuff she said on the show yeah. really resonate with the things I've been hearing all my life. Mm. And as a slightly darker-skinned um you know, um, Asian woman, I have always been told by several people, some people from our own extended family, and then some from just the family friend kind of community. And they're like, oh, it's such a shame because you're so talented, but you're so dark. I just don't understand why they assume the tone of pity. Yeah. Like, nobody told me that I was ashamed of my darker skin tone. So why are you standing there? Ever since I was born, mum's always said as well, like, the amount of people who have come to her and said, oh, it's such a shame, we've got such a, you know... uh, Like, before you guys were born, like, they've they've just Completely unprovoked. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, oh, it's such a shame, you know. It's a girl and it's dark, you know? And it's just like, wow. Um, And it's even funny when the person saying that is also dark-skinned dark. and I'm I just know. like well you're not only sending hate to someone else you're also sending Self. hate to yourself yeah. and I just don't understand no. on what basis are you sending the hate yeah. skin colour is just so like 
It I doesn't know. matter. You can be beautiful with light or dark skin. I know. And I think I'm going to answer today a question that I've heard several times. And it's always made me feel very humbled. Mm. And um, I'm really grateful for all of the people that support me um, all the time. And how comes you're so talented? And it's very humbling. And I'm really, you know, um, I'm so honoured to be saying so <laughs> to be told that. Sister. But the the thing um, I realized after a lot of time, I'm just like, I've always dabbled in so many things from a very young age about, you know, I, when I was younger, I decided I saw someone doing henna and I couldn't do it myself. So I decided I'm going to learn that. Mm. I saw people drawing really nice pictures and I was like, wait, I want to be a good artist. So I started doing that and mm. teaching myself um, with singing. Um, you know, I wanted to be just as good as all of the singers I heard on the radio or anything like that. And I decided, you know, with mum's support, decided I'm going to go and do that. Um, and the thing is, I've curated a lot of other hobbies as well. Too many to, to be honest, list. And you yeah. know that yourself because you've mm. seen me do it from a young age. You just see something, find it interesting and just launch Decide that I have it. to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. And I have to it's become for anybody it. else. No, it's, it's literally for me. because you have a passion for yeah. it. That's the only reason. And that's probably one of the things... I admire most about you. Thank you. That that's really kind. Um, so and kind. so essentially, what what I'm trying to say basically is, I think there the, the, there was a moment of realization where I was like, I think because I've always been told that I am dark skinned, and oh no, I'm dark skinned, so I'm not very beautiful mm, or whatever not it is. True at all, but go on. And I will, I know, but that's what they made yeah. me believe. And I'll never find a husband. I'll never find someone who loves me. Um, I think subconsciously I decided that I had to compensate for my dark skin by becoming more talented or being good at everything yeah. else so that, you know, at least, you know, she is dark, but oh, at least she has all mm. of these other things to, you know, um, compensate for yeah. that. Um, and it was really sad when I realized that, but I think actually that's, that's probably the main reason why even though it is quite sad. I think that's the reason why. And I don't think I speak just for myself. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, um, like, aunties even, who are a little bit on the darker side. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll know who, you know, I'm talking about yeah. in our community and stuff. Um, you know, she's... They're, they're so talented. So talented. They're so, so talented. So, so talented. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence I think just Maybe. because our society just, you know, gives so much importance and value to people who are fairer skinned. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you're pretty anyway. Don't worry. You won't have any trouble in finding someone who of loves Of course, you. we've had that in us just because I'm a bit fairer skinned. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're talented, but you're dark. Such a shame. Yeah. You're pretty. You don't need anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like... It's offensive both ways. Yeah, exactly. I have real. substance, excuse me. Exactly. I agree completely. And but the thing is, um, apart from just our household, we've seen literal marriages take place yeah. because they're just like, oh, you know, you know, someone who's very well educated as a man or whatever, they'll just get married to a girl just on the basis that she's really pretty. That's it's it. That's what she means. And shallow. Yeah. yeah. And our society reinforces it. Yeah. And it's 
just not great. It's it's really not. And I feel like this is something that hopefully will change in future generations. And we have to make sure that we become the people who change it. We can't we can't continue the yeah. kinds of trends that have been set by older generations. So every time if you guys are listening, every time if your parents or your family say that, oh well, you know, make sure you find someone who is a bit fairer skinned or, you know, something like that, mm. all of those kind of ideologies, make sure that you challenge that. And remember, if we if we continue to support the colorist attitudes, yeah. then essentially we are going to be racists. And that's Very why true. racism is so rife in the South Asian community. We can't even stand dark brown skin. Yeah. How are we ever going to respect black skin? And, you know, we have to resolve the conflicts in our own culture mm-hmm. and society before we can address outside yeah, of our society for sure so to be honest that racism is not going to change mm. unless we address this colorism Honestly, issue it's just simple steps just from yeah. the offhand comment that an auntie might make oh yeah. she's so dark well, i think it's change. also important to raise the issue that because our society is like this there might be internal colorism within us where mm. if you are looking for a partner and they're darker yes. skin you're your reflex might be, oh no, but she's not yeah. pretty. And you won't realise. Try and challenge yourself. Yeah. Accept it. Don't be ashamed because that's how society has brought you up to be. But notice it, accept yeah. it and challenge it. Yeah. Because then you can defeat the colorism not only within yourself, but then you can start to defeat it within society. Yeah. Another good thing that I've realised, um, I know Instagram is generally quite, can be quite a toxic place. Yes, but actually. There are, I've, I've, I know that we have found a lot of empowerment in it as well. So mm-hmm. there are some really like feminist, South Asian feminist accounts yes. that are really good to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very nice because especially even if you are a guy and you've just never, the thing is, I don't blame a lot of guys for being the way they are or just Same. being completely oblivious to what's exactly. going on because they don't really see it or they don't face it's it. unless society they have sisters that feeds or, them the stuff and yeah. they just grow up believing if it. They have sisters then a lot of them will see the differentiation that happens but if they don't they are often quite sheltered and they just don't know Mm -hmm. so they don't know how important an issue it is but if they then look um, at these feminist posts and stuff because they do really <laughs> they yeah. represent us yeah they for do. sure um the cartoons the drawings the kind of statements and stuff so the it's advice worth... even takes yes. into account our society and our relationship exactly. with other people exactly and i think those accounts are really really um i think beneficial to mm. kind of give a follow just in terms of education for and sure. raising awareness i would say mm-hmm Okay, so that's essentially pretty much on the struggles of women. Well, not on all of them. Yeah, obviously, you know, we, we just touched on them on. lightly, but I hope we can talk about them in more detail. Yeah, in coming in out, since we've spoken about females, it's only fair that we even try and acknowledge yeah. some of the struggles that men might face at the offset though i think the biggest struggle maybe for asian men is probably height because asian men asian men tend to be shorter in general Mm -hmm. so um and i think um with with us having so i think with girls in this country so they've settled away from home basically Mm. so from back home they've gone to uh more um affluent countries essentially to settle they don't have that malnutrition problem anymore. So girls actually grow a bit taller. Some yeah. guys do as well, but not as much. And there are just more taller girls and there are shorter guys. So I think there is a huge pressure on men to yeah. be taller than the girl. 
Um, and uh, especially because they are so much yeah. shorter, the average height is so much shorter. You see a guy who is 5'8 in the Asian community, it's considered to be very tall. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm myself 5'5", five, five, so... Um, you know, I'm considered hugely exactly. tall for a girl when actually I'm the average height for a woman everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always like a split second yeah. judgment. You see a man yeah. who's short and suddenly they're just not acceptable yeah. as a potential yeah. spouse. Yeah. And that really shouldn't be the case because their height doesn't define the things they're interested yes. in, their values yeah. and morals. But and in the so arranged marriage scene though, because one of the first things that you put on your CV is, is your height and height your yes. height they don't they don't put appearance you just have that photo, photo. but the height is there and so at, like literally if you're a matchmaker and you say okay well the girl is actually taller than the boy they'll probably say it's not likely gonna happen yeah. they might not even send it to the other person oh, I see. um and even if they do it's very because it's very superficial they mm-hmm. will just reject it at the offset so definitely i think height is one of the main struggles of men the other thing is um I would say is there is a little bit of colorist attitude yeah. towards them, um, especially if like the girls are very very fair and mm-hmm. they want another fair husband. I think I have seen that in our extended family yeah. as well. So there is that prejudice okay. against um, darker men, but it's just not as much as it is for women. Mm. And the other thing I would say is there is a huge pressure on men to be at least educated and earn money. Yeah. I know that women have become, you know, higher earners over time where, you know, at one time we didn't work at all, we had no income, to now actually becoming more educated. So the pressure has now increased on men to at least have the same level of education and Mm. income. And apparently on the show that I was on, the radio show that I was on, the matchmaker said generally the males of our community, they are less educated and have less prestigious jobs or less, you know... um, financially stable jobs than the women women. counterparts Mm -hmm. so women have gone beyond you know above and beyond to uh, in terms of education and their jobs but the men are less so and I think that that poses a problem because I think there is still the idea that men need to earn more than the breadwinners yeah and I think also no offense to a lot of the boys who are listening (laughs) but come on the testosterone drives them. There is a there is a tiny bit of <laughs> ego problem there as well. Perhaps I've seen, they want to be more yeah, educated. I think there are men who don't feel like this. I have huge respect for them, and yeah. I have men. I have met guys like this mm-hmm. who are not intimidated by a strong, independent woman. But a lot of them, I think, they feel as if their masculinity is threatened. Of because, it's all about toxic yeah, masculinity because, because it's been drilled into them from a young yeah. age that look, you are the breadwinners. You have to bring in the money mm. into the home. You're the one who has to be working, even though we have yeah, changed. And that's from actually that. a lot of pressure in itself, and exactly. it shouldn't be the case. Exactly, you, and you shouldn't be made to feel frightened of a strong and independent woman. No, it doesn't make. I think any it's just how society. Exactly, it's just how society has brought you up. But I'm not saying all men are like this. No, of course not. And so sometimes they will reject proposals, or even after maybe after marriage, or even after being in a relationship, slowly it will eat away at them, mm-hmm. and they just won't like they will feel intimidated or threatened or they just don't feel comfortable in the relationship when a woman is bringing the money or is the main breadwinner of the family so it's just very strange and it I haven't seen many families where mm-hmm. I don't know if you have I, I can't recall any families in our community that we know of where the woman earns more than the men or yeah. the woman is a breadwinner and the man doesn't work so I yeah. think there is a lot of change that needs to be done on that aspect but again guys if you have stories yeah. i would love to hear them we would love to discuss it um and um shed some light on it 
And the last thing which, you know, I, I would love to, we would love to talk about mm-hmm. as a future episode is the, um, on the topic of toxic masculinity, it's also about um, men's mental, mental health. health. I think so men, men have this pressure to be um, always, you know, be appear strong. Yeah. Just be devoid of any emotions and, you know, always support the because woman. Because suddenly crying makes you less of a man. Apparently. It makes no sense. No. I don't see the logic behind that statement. No. I actually saw Ali Official uh, talk about this, I think, is last it? night. On, really? What yeah. did he... He was just like, why is it that, um, you know, guys always feel like they can't share their emotions Mm -hmm. is it because they think they're going to be less attractive to women so he asked a question like on a poll on his instagram yeah and said girls do you find it unattractive when men share their feelings and emotions and literally every single response that he got was actually no we find it attractive we want men to share their feelings with us and um it's still, for some reason, he was like, then it makes no sense, right? These guys think that they're going to be unattractive if they share their feelings and emotions. But actually, women like that. So what is the main reason for it? You it's know? just a message that has somehow been built and yeah. is just normalized. I think it's the examples, as we, um, examples of men that we see in the older generation that really Perhaps, shape it as well. Actually. Because we come from, you know, it's very patriarchal in the older mm-hmm. generations. And yeah. the man is usually, you know, the kind of, like basically in charge of everything they're the ones who are less emotional more kind of like almost kind of robotic because they're devoid of emotion that reminds me i was listening to another podcast <laughs> podcast inception um <laughs> jamila jamil's i way yeah ashling b was talking about uh how her father or in fathers in the upper generations um you know she she had some she, she does shows on mental health and her father came up to her and said look um it's all well and good talking about sharing emotions but if i share share emotions my wife and my daughter will turn around and say um look we can't have you be vulnerable because we need you to be our rock mm. and you know just reiterating what they they say it's about us creating a space where men can actually open up and be vulnerable of without course. you know having you know having that expectation to be a stone a rock of course it shouldn't be and i think in a healthy relationship i think it should be a 50 50 thing like if as us as women expect men to be our rocks when we are vulnerable then in the same way Mm -hmm. when men are vulnerable and at their lowest women should be their rock and to be honest we've seen that we've seen women providing that support so we are out there there are only just a few number of women i'd say still left that believe in that rigid idea that men always have to be rocks i haven't found anyone in my circle yet ever any girls who have that thinking but obviously that doesn't mean that they don't exist maybe you guys have stories that you guys can share um but you know I, i i just think that it's time for men to have to to get rid of that idea that they yeah. need to be this you know that macho mm-hmm. um you know man who is always just and for everybody around the men yeah. to start trying to make the space comfortable yeah including so families that, yeah. if you have a brother if you have a cousin um anyone just making sure that you're there check up to on support them once them. in a while of course just and say just... how are you really how are you tell yeah. me honestly i'm here to listen if definitely okay because sometimes just saying that can you know go miles and they might actually open up to you when they need to definitely 
I think this conversation has Can been just go, go on, on forever. On yeah, on. But yeah. It's been fruitful. I think. I think we've raised yeah. a lot of issues. I think to finish off nicely, would you like to give advice to anybody else in the wish to see what? What do you think should change and what do you think they should do to implement that change? I think both boys and girls need to bec- need to have a much more open mind when it comes to looking at these rishtas and just remembering that a bio data is not going to define a person. Yeah. Please don't let it restrict you. And if you're writing up your own bio data, please, like apparently mom got one that had like five pages of everything that the family expect yeah, from a woman and I I'm just like that. but how have mum was like but they haven't mentioned even once about how they would make the girl feel comfortable once yeah. the girl enters their home so I think what you need to bear in mind um, and I really really plead as a woman I plead to all men yeah. out there to please 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 try hard to make it easier for women and supermodel bodies listen weight and things like that these are these are modifiable factors and also very very fickle very temporary very temporary yeah. these aren't going to stay with you maybe it will just look good for the wedding photo shoot you're going to grow old old and frail together exactly yeah. after you have a baby your whole body changes so why are you looking for a supermodel exactly. now same with girls if you're looking for like a, a supermodel six foot, yeah model man with abs Please stop. That's so silly. It's so silly, guys. You do not need to be like, like a hench to get a girl. That's not. That's not a prerequisite. Think about people. Can be very, very sexy. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just cast your eyes fifty years into the future. The main important thing, remember, is personality. Can you click with this person? So, look beyond the bio data. Meet them. Yes. Maybe you'll be positively surprised. Maybe yeah. you'll be negatively surprised. You might think this guy is great. <laughs> you meet them and they're just like absolute like dickhead. Yeah. But give them a chance is what we're trying to say. Give yeah. them a chance. Open really, your mind. Yes. Yes. Open your mind. And also, as we discussed as well, do little micro rebellions in your families against colorism and against anything that is a bit backward minded. But at the, you know, because in the end, we've seen successful arranged marriages. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. Having rishtas coming in is not a bad thing. Actually, it's quite flattering yeah. to have rishtas coming in and saying, oh, actually, someone's seen your biodata and they actually really yeah. dig you. Um, so maybe we can also have a change in our biodatas towards hobbies, mm-hmm. including that. Add a or maybe section about yourself. Yes, <laughs> about personality. At least that can give a bit of insight into just beyond the four box, the four sides of yeah. just your your superficial characteristics. Exactly. Really, that's that's my main advice I would give. I hope you guys learned something from that, or enjoyed our conversations, or resonated with it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brown Pod. You can listen to all our episodes on platforms including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can share your stories with us using the links on our Instagram and Twitter pages for which the handle is at the Brown Pod. To support us, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a follow on our socials. And if you enjoy an episode, why not share it with your family and friends? That's it from us. Until the next time.